Welcome to Sweden in Transition, the podcast that meets change makers in Sweden. I am Sonia Lehmann and today I meet Henrik Blint. Henrik is group leader for the Green Party in Jokmok. He is also Sami and together we'll speak about the Sami people, their history, their culture, as well as their rights and fights. The Samis are Europe's only indigenous people whose land called Sapmi encompasses large northern parts of Norway, Sweden, Finland and Russia. It's an intact territory made of mountains, wild rivers, pristine lakes, forests, where the Sami have lived since time immemorial. Their best-known means of livelihood is semi-nomadic reindeer herding, even though nowadays only 10% of the Sami are connected to reindeer herding. This conversation today will touch on the history of Swedish colonization and how it affects society today, the question of land and disputes with the forestry and mining industries, the impact of climate change on reindeer herding, but also explore the indigenous spirituality and how it could inspire us today. Hi, Henrik. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. It's a great honor for me to be here. Well, I'm very glad to have you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So let's start with my usual first question. The tagline of this podcast is in a world in need of urgent reinvention. What does this mean to you? For me as an indigenous, I think the most important thing when you are a human being, you always have to remember where you come from and how we are integrated to everything that makes the world so beautiful. If we forgot our roots, we are on a very bumpy road. To see the nature as a product that you can buy or you can shop, that's the wrong way. We have to remember that the nature is holding our future. That will be also the best way to show love for coming generations, to understand that everything is connected to each other. Especially for me, part of an indigenous people, the Samis, our whole history is not written in books. It's written in the forests, in the mountains, in the lakes. That's also something very beautiful because when I go out where I come from, I never, ever feel alone. I always feel the presence of my ancestors and I always feel that they are with me because our ancestors have treated the nature with respect. So I can see the nature in the same way that they did. You know, when you are up in the high hills in Bajelanta, where I come from, the World Heritage Area of Laponia, and when I sit on the mountaintop, I know that what I see is the same view that my ancestors saw. And it's also a very something very special that I also can make up a fire with stones that my ancestors has put around Aran, that like we call in Sami, when we put stones in a, in a circle so the fire will, won't uh, go outside the circle. When I sit there, I also understand how much responsibility our generation has to coming generations. Mm. Yeah, before we started this discussion, you said you wish that we could have this discussion around a campfire. The campfire is something that connects us people around the world. I mean, every culture has, of course, has had a fire to cook food. And the fire is something that connects us all. I think the best conversation that I have had in my life is around the campfire. 
when you are in the forest, in the deep forest, then the sun is going down and everything's getting darker and darker. And the only thing that um, gives you a feeling of that you are, are safe is the fire. So when it's sparkling, it's also a fantastic way of, of starting conversations about the past and the future. Mm. You represent the Green Party in Yokmok. How did you enter in politics and what is your role? Well, I have always been a person that wants to speak up. I have always had a great feeling of standing up for what I believe in and what I come from. Even if I didn't thought that I would be a politician, everyone else saw that. Uh, <laughs> and why I went part of the Green Party were very simple for me because the Green Party has so much in common with the Sami values of looking at uh, the solidarity for future generation and, and also having the respect for the nature and other cultures. And that's all what I have come from, what I have been raised up in. When I understood that there was a party in, in the Swedish parliament that had those values, I felt that that's perfect. And I want to join there and find other people who won't, who don't even is Samis, but we, we all, but we still share the same values. It's very, it's giving me so much. So right now I'm sitting in the local council, Commune uh, Fullmäktige, and I'm also part of Commune Styrelse and the board of uh, the municipality. Uh, I'm a spokesperson for the Green Party here in Jokmok. Hmm. And what are the issues that are top priority for you at the moment? There is a mining project here in Jokmok, in Gallok, and that's something that takes a lot of time of me and my party. And we have been struggling against that project in this last 10 years. And especially right now when the Swedish government has been talking about that they will come with a decision about if they will give a permission for this project or not. So right now, every hour that I'm awakened, I, I work with this question. But mm -hmm. it's also giving me energy because I'm also meeting so much other people who have same fire. It gives me also a lot. So it's, mm -hmm. I'm not a, a victim <laughs> at all. We'll come back to this before. I can ask you to make an introduction of Sami people, the Sami land, so we understand the context. Well, the Sami people... We are an Arctic indigenous people. We live in the north part of what is also known as Sweden, Norway, Finland, and also some part of Russia. We are indigenous people. We have been here since, I don't know, when we came here. Our culture is connected very much to the reindeer as a creature is something that unites us all, that has been animal that has always been with us. First, we hunted them, and after that, we also started herding them, what we are doing right now. But of course, the Sami culture is also so much more than just reindeer herding. It's fishing, it's hunting, it's handicraft. No one really knows how many who are Samis, because you have to have a self-recognition where if you see yourself as a Sami. But if I say that we are around 50 thousand, maybe 100,000 of Samis who lives in this area of Sapne. So it's the only indigenous people in Europe. How does Sweden deal with this colonial history? Well, I can say 
I think that all these countries, especially countries like Sweden and Norway, who has a, a way of looking at themselves as a nation that they are standing up for human rights and be this voice in the national arenas, is not treating the Sami people good. In Sweden, the government is pointing finger to Brazil and, and China, how they are treating people there. But the same things is actually happening here in Sweden. I mean, uh, with timber extracting, with minings, and now there is also a new word that is coming up, and that's called the green colonization, to take the next step to live more with harmony with the planet, uh, is giving big impacts to the, the indigenous lands with windmills, with cutting trees, and so on. This is something that we, as Samis, has to deal with every day. The biggest mistake that Sweden is doing as a nation, the majority of the decision makers in the Swedish parliament is not even talking about the history of Sweden as a country that has colonized on other cultures' lands. And that to taking the right to do that is still is happening right now. I've seen that the Church of Sweden recently apologized. I think it was in December last year. Do you think that will make a difference? Well, of course, it's important when the church is doing that. But as always, when you ask forgiveness for something, you have to also show action. It can't just stay with words. It's so easy that we'll stay with empty words. What were the historical abuses that happened? It started in 1600 century when the country of Sweden was starting to rise And they started to also see that there were resources up in the north. Like many other countries that has colonized areas, working with the church, the first thing they did was to remove our traditional religion and replace it with the state religion. So that first abuse that we didn't have the right to have our own religion, that the church and the state take away from us. In a traditional Sami religion. We believed that, and I say believed because the religion is gone. We don't have a, a Sami church any longer, but it's still so deep in our way of looking at the nature. We didn't believe that we have just one God. We believed that everything in nature had a life. With that view that everything has a life, there came also the respect, and we had to share this uh, landscape. So the first thing was the, the religion that was removed. And also, of course, we had the natural resources. I mean, there had been Samis that had paid taxes for the lands. Uh, in Swedish, it's called Lapskatteland. This is an area that Sami families are paying tax to the state for the land that they are, are, are living in. And in the 1800s, The, the Swedish state decided to take that land and uh, give that to other people because the Swedish government saw that they needed more people who lived in, up in the north. All those Sami lands was taken by the state. So that's a big abuse against the Sami people. And when we come to the 1900s, they also started with those real racism. The Swedish state saw that the Sami culture was a lower culture. There they started also this uh, hard abuse when, when the children of the Sami children was not allowed to learn their own language, the Sami language. 
In Sweden, we have five different Sami languages, and every language is, is connected to, to a, a certain area. If it's something that tells you who you are, and also giving you the background and the, and the knowledge of your uh, where you come from is the language. And when you are not permitted to speak your own language, and you must learn uh, Swedish as your first language, then you are taking away such a big part of culture. And this is something that we are still struggling because the Sami language is not so many that is speaking Sami. I've read about these nomad schools where children were separated from their families. They were humiliating scientific experiment and clerical abuses, even forced sterilization. This was the time when very strange uh, ideas was growing up in, in the world with this race biology. And you have to also remember that Sweden was the first country in the world that had a government institute of race biology that was investigating the difference between human races. And in that context, they had this strange view that the Swedes was the, the higher stand culture and the Sami was from the lower stand. There was scientists that was uh, paid by the government who traveled around the Sami area to schools where there were children that was maybe 10, that they took pictures of them. They were also taking pictures when they were nude because they wanted to show the difference between the races. I mean, that's a, such a big abuse in so many ways. These children are living in those nomadic schools. They are long away from their parents. To, to, and then they have some scale that if you had a long head, then you were on, on, the, on the right side in their view. If you had short schools, then you were it's a lower stand. And there was also a quote telling about the Swedish politics in that time, and it's called Lap Skavara Lap. Lap is almost like the N-word in other ways. It's meaning an Assami will be a Sami and nothing more than that. And actually, lap is kind of an insult. You really defend the use of Sami as a name. And especially when we have our own definition of ourselves, we are Samis. That's also a way of abuse when you take the power to give a title for a group of people. And that's something that we see all the time when you look at the maps. Lap is almost everywhere, but not the Sami names. But now in the last 10, 15 years, the traditional Sami names are taking back the maps. The sad thing is that many places that has lost the traditional Sami name because those who knew the traditional name is not with us any longer. Yeah, so that's lost. Yeah. And nowadays, are there still nomadic Samis or most people are now settled down? Well, of course, we don't live in the same way that we did. And now I'm just speaking about how it looks like here in Sweden. I don't know. I can't speak to all Samis in the Sami area. But here in, in, in this area in, of Sápmi that's also called Sweden, those who are in reindeer herding is still moving with the reindeer because the reindeer is a, a living creature, but we're not living in the same way that we move with families 
all the time with them. So nowadays, the most of people are living in, in houses like me. I live in middle of Jokmokken, <laughs> living a modern way, but still the reindeer deciding my way of living because during the summer period, when the reindeer is up in the mountains, I every year it goes up to the high mountains to be close to the reindeers and be in reindeer herding. So, of course, we are living with the reindeer, but maybe not in the same way. And of course, also, you have to also remember that we are, the Samis is part of the Swedish society. The children must go to schools and everything like that. And So it's not allowed to have Sami children going to a specific school that could match a nomadic lifestyle that doesn't exist. When my grandfather and grandmother was young, they had special schools up in the mountains. Nowadays, there is no way of living like that. But in Sweden, we have five special Sami schools, and it's located here up in north. We have two up in Kiruna commune, one in Gällivare, one in Jokkmokk, and one in Storhuman. There is a law that says that the only ones who is permitted to go there is children of Samis. You can uh, put your children there if you want. I've been one of those who has been It has been so important because to be in a space where the Samis is in majority, that you hear your own language, you get your culture knowledge. It's a funny uh, historical twist that these nomadic schools, the purpose of them was in the beginning to take away all the Samihood of the children is now for many a safe harbor where the children has a place where they can be who they are and feel proud of it. Because when you are in a minority, in other cases, you have to always defend your rights and stand up for who you are. But you don't never need it in a, in a Sami school now. You mentioned Jokmok and Kiruna. Even in those places, Sami children are a minority? Or is it half and half? Because I thought up north, Sami would be a, a larger part of the population. I think it's so much more Samis up here but they haven't said that they are Samish. They maybe don't identify themselves as Samis, but they have a Sami background if you look at the church books and see who their ancestors are. This process of erasing and suppressing Sami identity that is 500 years old, it worked. A lot of people now feel that they're Swedish before they feel they're Sami. Exactly. And that's the sad thing that this colonization is working so good everywhere where it is practiced. If you have also heard through your whole childhood that you are coming from a culture that's not good enough, and then you'll be presenting that now you can leave this thing that is not good. I don't blame those who took that step, who left the Sami culture and, and went part of the Swedish culture. I mean, that was what happens when you are always being pulled in a corner. Then you have just two options, to fight to the end or surrender. What's so nice now is that so many part of those families who left the Sami culture is coming back to the Sami family. They just stand up and say, I'm a Sami, I'm proud of it, and here I am, take it or leave it. And out of curiosity, nowadays at school, in history classes, do you learn about Swedish colonization and all the history that we've covered now? If you look in school books, the Sami culture is just a short 
like uh, the same Wikipedia post that never is expanding. It's always telling where we live, but it's never ever telling the history that Sweden and Samis has together. It's very strange when I understand everything that happened in America, the natives there, the First Nations. That was the same thing that happened here in this country of Sweden. No one was telling that what happened overseas is the same thing that happened here. There we have a big responsibility from the state future generations of Swedes that learn the whole history of Sweden. I mean, knowledge is real power. And if you don't get all the knowledge, it's not right. Yeah, and that's what reconciliation is about. But as you said earlier, if you apologize, then you need to take action to repair. me is so coveted. Everybody wants to exploit mines and forests, that would force the government to be more respectful of the territory nowadays. And that's what they are not ready to do. One way of looking at the lands is from an economic view, that everything that is in nature has an economic value. You can uh, make business of it. And then you have the way of, like we indigenous peoples as and as a Sami, that the lands is our home is nothing that is separated from us, is, is part of us. And without our lands, we are not whole humans. We lost something very important, the connection to the land and water. The mining companies, they want to give money to the Sami society in compensation that they are destroying lands. For us Samis, we don't want money. I mean, our reindeers don't eat money. The most important thing that we have giving us the path to the future is our lands, because that's our destiny. When the reindeer is starving, our culture is also starving. And that's something that happened with big extraction like mining, but also the climate change when our reindeers, in fact, are starving in real, because reindeers don't find their food because the winters are upside down and, and they don't find food because it's so icy. Because what happened with climate change is that temperatures are very erratic. So it's cold and it snows, and then snow melts. Then it's cold, so it freezes again, and a layer of ice is formed on top of the lichen, which is reindeer's food. And they can't get through that much ice. And on top of that, the virgin forests are also disappearing, which means they can't find lichen from the trees. So they need to move to search for food, but their path is often blocked because of land being taken over for forestry or mining. Exactly. If you put it in a human perspective, it's like you try to go every day to your grocery store to buy your milk or whatever, but one day they have a, a big hole on the road, another day they are blockades everywhere. Young people who are living up now that goes out in uh, large areas where all the trees is cut down. We, we are lucky if their children will have something that was near how it looked like before they were cutting down all the trees. I was really surprised to hear that about clear cut in Sweden. I would have imagined that it would be done in a very sustainable manner where you cut trees here and there and make sure that the forest can grow and thrive. But that's not what's happening, apparently. No, it's really an industry. I mean, they are taking out so much tree 
as quickly as possible. You must look at the landscape from the reindeer's view or other creatures' view. There are just empty spaces. Nothing lives where you have clear-cut area. There's no birds. There's no <laughs> thing that is near life that is there. It's very surprising and disappointing, especially because those mining and forestry industries, they are state-owned. Do you have a conversation regarding biodiversity and how forestry needs to change practices? Sweden has a long walk to come from this clear cuts and talk about biodiversity and also human rights that is connected to those forests. Right now, the industry is saying how it will be. And then we others, the Samis, the, all the creatures that live there, has to accept it. And I mean, that's the wrong way. I mean, we, we need to see that there is more interest in Sweden than just the timber extractors. I had in mind this consensual culture and Sweden bringing all the stakeholders around the table and discussing before a decision is made. And you don't see that as far as forestry is concerned. No, no, no. I mean, if in Sweden, there is a word called samråd. It means that timber extractors must speak to them that are, are affected by their plants. But when you come there as a Sami representative, and then it's, it's connected to if you are part of a Sami B, the Sami village where you have your reindeers. The reality is that the industry says that we want to cut this area. And if the Sami B say no, the, the timber extractors say, okay, But what can we take instead? Our owners have decided that we must do this and this uh, incomes. So you must give something else. If you do that 100 years with this large-scale timber extracting, you don't have anything to give instead. Mm. You are just having those small spots of forests that is everything that's left. And still the industry is saying you need to give something else. Then you are forced to make decisions that you know is killing, taking away the reindeer's way of finding food mm. in a natural way. And on top of that, there is the expansion of mining up north. And it's complicated because there is this ecological transition. We're trying to move away from fossil fuels and develop electric mobility. But for that, we need batteries, and batteries need rare minerals. It's, it's a name called green colonization. The same structures that is just reshaped with a green label, that we are doing this for the climate, we're doing this for the planet. But it's the same structures, more needs more. And those who are standing in a wave, they, they are just finding arguments, make those so small so they can just walk around them and do what they want. One of your fights now, you said, was the mine of Galloc. We have worked 10 years now with this British company called Beowulf Mining. They want to open an Oron mine. They want to dig an open pit in an area where two of Samabia, one Samabia has their lands where the reindeers are during the winter period and when they have the traditional moving paths. And there's another Samabia that will get all the transportation on their ground. And that means that big, heavy uh, trucks is driving every 15 minutes right through a traditional reindeer herding area, which means that many reindeers could be road killed 
The Swedish government has now said that they will take a decision on this. This is a big question, not for the, the Samis who lives here in Jokmok. This is also a question that uh, unites Samis all around the Sam area because this is such a symbolic question because this is showing in real how the Swedish government is looking at us Samis and not just empty words about how important the Sami culture and the reindeer herding is for Sweden. There was a decision made by the Supreme Court in Norway recently in favor of Sami's rights. In Norway, we had a big project with windmills where the highest court in Norway decided that the Sami rights was higher than other rights. The highest court decided that not permit those windmills in this area in Norway called Fossen. But even if the highest court has made this decision, the Norwegian government is still not accepting this. So they are not doing what they are supposed to do. And that's the same thing that we see here in, in Sami, in that area that is also called Sweden. The court is showing that we Samis have our rights, but the government and the parliament, the Swedish parliament, is not doing enough to live up to their own laws that the parliament has written. The Gallock mine, there was a decision made in 2016 not to open the mine, but then there, there is this endless process of appeal. Exactly. I know there is a Sami parliament. How does it work? We have a Sami parliament. We have an election every fourth year. There are 31 members in that parliament. And it's very cool that we live in a country that we have two parliaments. We have the Swedish parliament and we have the Sami parliament. But the Sami parliament is also a part that is working on the mission of the Swedish government. How I see it is a very powerless. I mean, they can't speak and, and also act for the whole Sami people. But I want to also say that the Sami parliament is a new structure. And I think that the Sami parliament will take more and more place in Sweden. It's something special that we have. and You can't take away that this is a parliament. What are its prerogatives? What is it supposed to rule? What is the scope of the Sami parliament? It's all about those soft things, culture and its education. And it's harmless if you look from the government's point of view. But the big questions about the land and water the parliament is more like an organization that is shouting outside the Swedish parliament and saying, listen at us and give us the rights. I mean, the, the Sami parliament is not invited to sit with the big guys and girls who has the power to make a difference to the Sami people. Potentially, it's a way to enhance the Sami culture in schools and throughout society, rather than some way to rule the big conflicts around land. Exactly. On social media, I've noticed that Sami activists are using art, singing, dancing, to raise awareness, especially around land. Also, Extinction Rebellion has joined forces to support Sami demonstration. What can you tell me about that? This is a way on social media that you can get out your own message, taking the stage from their own perspectives directly to so many people. I'm so hopeful for the future of the Sami culture because 
We are proud people and we are taking action and are also speaking out for our rights. And that is something that we see everywhere in the Sami society, because that's also something that we have in our history. There has always been others that has told our history. People that came to this area and wrote down what they saw. What we have done now is that we are writing our own history with our own words and perspectives. And this is something that the universities has to use as knowledge. And I see also that we have a bright future, even if we have so many fights to take. We are now around this campfire sharing our perspective of the way we humans must live. So now it's up to those who wants to listen to our story, come to our campfire and really, really listen and join us and learn more about us and also about Sweden's history and future. It's great to use art because it's your way of expressing yourself in your own terms and also because it speaks to your mind. This is wrong. What we are doing here is wrong, but it's also speaking to our heart and our souls. It invites us to change our perception of the world, seeing the beauty of it first, connecting with what feels right beyond short-term economic interests. With the climate change and so on, we must change the way of living. One of the voices we need to listen more at, the knowledge that they have, is the indigenous people and the Sami people. We need all knowledge, and one of those are the indigenous knowledge. Do you have a, a quote or a book that will help us follow up a little bit on this conversation? We have a great poet in Sapmi. His name was Ailohash, he was like and he had a quote that said that my home is in my heart and it's moving with me. It's telling so much about the way of living as a Sami. Your home is not a place, it's something where you are, and you have it always with you in your heart. I would like that more of your listeners read his words. They are also translated in English to get so much knowledge about the Sami way of looking at yourself and your place in nature and the world. I will put the link on the webpage. Well, thanks for your time. It was fantastic speaking to you. I think this was a fantastic conversation and I have been glad to be your, your guest. I mean, the history is like the history is. And the only thing we can do is not do the same mistake and don't talk about the past. And because we have so much to learn of that, and now we must walk forward as a team and learn of each other. We need all knowledge in the world to struggle to all the big things that we are in ahead, the climate change. Very true. So thanks. It's been a great honor for me to be here. Thank you so much and good luck for your fights and things going on right now. We'll follow that up. Thank you. Bye. Thanks a lot to Enric Blind for this conversation and thank you for listening to it. I hope you liked it. If that's the case, please share it on the social media and give five stars on Apple Podcasts. And I'll see you soon.